What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video and back with in-season content. Again, draft season is over, so time to look at week one. This season, we'll be combining all the rankings videos into one, so we can walk through every game this week and talk about all the fantasy-relevant players in each. So, let's start things off with Thursday Night Football, where we have a really, really fun game to open up the season, but an injury watch right before recording this one, one that we weren't expecting to see. We will get to that. So, Lions at Chiefs. This game has the highest total of the week. We're just opening week one off with the highest total game. 54 points. I'm not going to say one of the highest totals of the year because there will be ones that push past that. But it's a very, very high total. We should be expecting a lot of points in this game. Chiefs, six and a half points. Home favorites. Uh, for the Lions, of course, Jameson Williams is suspended even when he's not when he comes back. It's going to be a relatively consolidated offense. And so, when you have you know a very consolidated offense and you remove one of those players, we're going to get most of the production between St. Brown, Gibbs, Montgomery, and Laporta. Like the vast majority of the volume should be flowing through those players. You're going to have Marvin Jones, uh, Josh Reynolds, Cleef Raymond kind of soaking up the rest, but none of them getting a very good target share. Uh, you're obviously not playing those last three unless you're in a 16-team league. Even then, it's week one. You probably don't need to go there. Like If you're in a 32-team league, sure, those are three players you just don't need to be playing. Uh, St. Brown and Gibbs, I would say, must starts in such an elite game environment, while Montgomery is a quality like mid-range running back two. Laporta is a tight end two. Um, I'd feel pretty good about starting Dave Montgomery at running back two, maybe in the flex spot, um, kind of just given how you drafted what your team is looking like if you went running back heavy right and you took two running backs in the first three rounds well you're not playing montgomery running back too now he'd be used in your flex but either one of those spots i'd feel pretty good about it the offense is very good uh, and again the general lack of like total players to get this volume is there with williams out and so especially the touchdown upside there's a good chance montgomery scores a touchdown this week i like playing him laporta i would say I feel a little bit more uneasy about. Um, I do think he's going to have a very strong role right from the start in week one. Like I think the target share is going to be there. I think they need him a lot. But I have him ranked as a tight end 17 to start. And I would prefer if maybe you drafted him plus another tight end, like you double dipped late or you drafted one early and just wanted him as a backup. I'd prefer to be in that scenario and to play the other tight end because he's still a rookie tight end. It's still tough to play a rookie tight end week one because we don't know. I think the role will be there. I kind of prefer to see it first. Uh, Jared Goff, fine streaming option, uh, but the game's in Kansas City. Uh, I don't have him projected amazingly this week. Uh, it's likely if you drafted Goff, you drafted two quarterbacks, in which case I'd probably go with the other one in week one. Uh, my fear is just that when Detroit gets near the goal line, they're probably going to be a little bit run heavy. And so, um, especially if they want to, you know, try and keep this game close, they're also probably going to use the running backs a lot. And while they'll be used in the air, it doesn't seem like a game where Goff's going for like 303 touchdowns and he's not going to run it at all as well. So I would prefer a different quarterback over Goff. Uh, for the Chiefs, I was going to say Mahomes and Kelsey are auto starts every week, and it's still true, but we have Kelsey uh, looks like a hyperextension of the knee. Questionable for week one. It just happened. I don't have all the details. We'll know more when you guys are seeing this on Wednesday. We'll obviously know more on Thursday. If he plays, play him. Like They're not going to put him out there in week one if he's not good to go. So if he's out there, you got to be playing him. Uh, if he's not out there, obviously it's going to impact everything. Mahomes still, like I don't care if like he's out, uh, Kadarius Tony's out, and 
uh, Skymore is out and MVS is out. Like, I literally don't care if all of that would happen. It's not going to happen. I just listed off a bunch of players. Uh, but the point is, Mahomes with like you know a high school receiving core is someone you start every week. Um, only other players really considering, and this is regardless, honestly, of if Kelsey plays or not. Only other players you're truly considering are Sky Moore and Isaiah Pacheco. You would not go to the backup tight ends if Kelsey is out. They just they would rotate in more, but they wouldn't have a high target share. And these backup wide receivers would gain value. Maybe you look to Tony if he ends up being out there. Maybe you look to MVS if you know you're in a deeper format and you really need it. But again, we're in week one. I'm gonna say that a lot of times. Like very few players are hurt. Nobody is on by. You should probably not have to go to teams like wide receiver threes and fours. You should be able to stick to wide receiver ones and twos. And so regardless of the status of um, Kelsey, I think Sky Moore and Pacheco are interesting as, you know, the number one at your position. Uh, right now, assuming Kelsey is fully healthy, I have more projected as a wide receiver 29, Pacheco running back 28. Eight. So, you know, it really at that point depends what you have. You have three top 20 wide receivers, you're not playing Sky Moore. If you have three, you know, top 25 running backs, you're not playing Pacheco. So it kind of depends in that range. They're kind of on, on the cusp there. Uh, but it's a good game environment. And so if there's someone you needed to play, I'd be fine with both of them. Uh, and they would both increase in value if Kelsey's out because Kelsey accounts for a lot of the touchdowns and targets, right? They would just have like a higher touchdown expectation, a higher touch expectation, so they become stronger plays. And I would say start both of them if he's out. And again, all those other plays, I don't think they would just spread the ball around a little bit more. Um, the top options would be better, but I just would not go to secondary options on Kansas City. And I would leave everyone else on the bench for the running backs. I don't think you're playing McKinnon this week and you're not playing uh, CEH. Sunday games kick off with Texans at Ravens. This game has a 43.5 point total. Ravens 10 point home favorites. I believe that's the largest favorite of week one. For the Texans, there's not a lot to love. Um, I don't trust the target distribution enough to recommend any pass catcher, including Dalton Schultz. Schultz is probably the closest to a start. He's a tight end 15. Um, but I have a similar take on him as Laporta. Like, I just want to see it this first week. It's all projection-based. We have no idea what the target share is going to be for the Houston passing offense. And so, since you also probably took two tight ends if you drafted Schultz. I would just prefer it if you felt a little bit better about that other tight end because I honestly, like, he could have an 8% target share. It could be 17%. Like, I just don't know. And it's also not a good spot. Like, at Baltimore, Baltimore's a good defense. They're not going to score many points. Like, there's going to be much better spots for Schultz. I wouldn't draft him or I wouldn't start him this week. Uh, I didn't really draft him that much either. Uh, I would say the best play in the Texans is Damian Pierce. But... It's not really a good spot for him. I love Pierce this season. He's going to have a lot of really good games. This just isn't the spot I really want to be attacking. Uh, Baltimore has a really strong run defense. The Texans are 10-point road underdogs. I currently have the Texans projected for 1.73 total offensive touchdowns. That's not great. He still does great as my running back 22, so that's not the worst play in the world. And given where you drafted him, it is possible many of you just kind of like have to play him, just have to accept that he's going to be a pretty low-end running back too this week. Uh, but again, don't expect a lot. It's not a good spot for Pierce. And all the other wide receivers, no, keep on the bench for now. For the Ravens, um, we'll hear more about Mark Andrews on you know Wednesday, on Thursday. Um, I don't know the final status right now, but they've been telling us that 
he's going to be fine. He's going to play. So that's what I'm going with here. Uh, but he and Lamar Jackson definitely must starts every week. I also think Dobbins is a quality play this week. Said before, 10-point home favorites for Baltimore. Um, they are one of the highest team totals of the week. I believe they're the third highest team total. That's always good for running back. When your team's going to score a lot, you're at home, you're probably going to have a positive game script. That's just good for any running back, especially one on Baltimore. He also gets Texans defense, um, who will be better this season. Texans have an improved defense, but they were ripped apart in the ground last season. That's probably the area you want to attack them in. So it's a good spot for Dobbins. I think you're playing him at running back too. Uh, behind him, though, it's a little tough. Like, I like this wide receiver core, right? I like Flowers, Bateman, Odell in that order. But even Flowers I have this week as a wide receiver 35 because we don't know 100% what target shares are going to be. They're probably going to win this game by a good amount, so they shouldn't need to air it out as much. And again, you probably want to attack the Texans on the ground. So ideally, you'll wait a week before playing Ravens players or Ravens um, wide receivers, but that's also probably the case. I pretty unlikely that you drafted Zay Flowers would be the first one you, you picked. You probably didn't draft him be like your wide receiver two or your flex. You probably already had that kind of filled. And so I keep him on the bench. Uh, wait a week. Uh, again, it's week one. There's no bias. There's no injuries yet. And he's my wide receiver 35. Like you probably have better options than that. Panthers at Falcons is up next. This game has a low 39 and a half point total. Falcons three and a half point home favorites. For the Panthers, uh, it's Miles Sanders or Bust. Play him if he's good to go. I haven't received the final report there, but I'm expecting him to be good to go this week. If he's out, no one. I mean, really, I just wouldn't start anyone on the Panthers, which you can't say about very many teams. I mean, most teams have someone you can play, but if, if you're not playing Miles Sanders, I wouldn't go anyone else. Um, there will be probably weeks where we can start Thielen, start Mingo, maybe Hayden Hurst. Uh, it's week one. We're not starting any of them. Uh, for the Falcons, Bijan and Drake London are... I would say must starts. Bijan obviously is. I think Drake London's also must start for me. Pitts probably is as well because if you took Pitts, you probably didn't also draft another like top seven tight end. And while we still don't really know what the target share is going to be for Pitts, and it's trending in the direction of like maybe they're just dumb and they do the same thing as last season. Um, but like you know, if you had another top seven option, maybe you consider it. You probably drafted someone who's like 10 and 15. You're not benching them for Kyle Pitts. He's still going to be probably a top seven projected tight end this week. Um, behind that grouping, pretty much just stay away. Wouldn't touch the quarterbacks in this game in general. You're not starting Mac Collins in week one unless you're in 32-team league. You're not starting Algier like Bijan's going to have plenty of touches. You're not going there. Uh, so it really just is Bijan, London, Pitts. If you don't have one of them, don't play them. Uh, and again, I because of how things are trending with Pitts and being like, you know, they're still going to kind of use him to block sometimes, still going to use him as decoy. Like London's probably just going to have like a 30, 35% target share. I think you just got to play him every week. He's going to go off this season. Uh, Bengals at Browns is up next. 47 and a half point total. Bengals, two and a half point road favorites. For the Bengals, uh, Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Mixon, you got to play them every week. Uh, they're must starts. This game is not a lock to go off. There are definitely... Uh, potential outs here to where the Browns, who at times this offseason haven't been very good on offense, can't really get going. And that's kind of the, the factor in this game, right? If the Browns can get going, we have no issues with the Bengals. We know the Bengals are going to be good. Bengals can keep pace with pretty much any team. And so that's how a shootout really develops. I don't know that that'll happen this week um, because it depends on the Browns. I don't know how the Browns will look. But given that it's a potential I just couldn't see a world where you're not playing again. Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Mixon, got to play them. Beyond that, 
pretty steep drop-off, right? I'm not starting Tyler Boyd. Um, I wouldn't want to start Irv Smith. I wouldn't be shocked if he had like four for 15 a touchdown, and you're like, ah, wish I had him in the starting lineup. He's going to need that touchdown. Uh, I want to see it happen for week first because I have no idea what his target share is going to be in this offense. Um, and again, it's anyone else is just kind of like a, a wild card this week. Just don't know what the target share is going to be for Irv Smith. I just don't want to go for Tyler Boyd. Um, stick with the big guns for for the Bengals. Uh, for the Browns, I think you're sticking to the top two, Chubb and Amari Cooper. I would start both of them definitely. And then at tight end, I would play Njoku. Um, he's kind of on the edge of what you did at tight end. Like, did you draft multiple? In which case, do you have someone with a better matchup? But honestly, if I had Njoku on the roster and I didn't draft like... I don't know, Darren Waller and Njoku. If you drafted Njoku and then someone else after that, you're starting Njoku this week. Like I think he's going to have a good red zone role. I think he's going to have a you know quality role in this team, a good target share. He's my tight end nine right now. I kind of doubt people usually have two top 10 tight ends to start the first week. Uh, so I would play him. The real question here is Deshaun Watson and Elijah Moore. Watson right now is my quarterback 14. Moore is my wide receiver 39. So they're a little bit on the outside looking in if you're in a 10 or a 12-team league. Um, you could definitely start both of them. More would probably be more for like, you know, if you had multiple flex spots. Like at the wide receiver 39, you probably have two wide receivers and a flex option that are better than that, especially given that he's a wide receiver changing teams. And, well, I think the role is going to be there. We don't really know if it's going to be. So I would prefer to kind of hold off on those two. Uh, currently, I have Anthony Richardson, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, and Tua all projected better than Watson. So if you drafted Watson and then one of them, even if you drafted them a little bit later, I would play those, what, five quarterbacks I just listed, Richardson, Cousins, Geno, Daniel Jones, and Tua. I'd play all of them ahead of Watson this week, all in decent spots, all quarterbacks I kind of trust a little bit more. Um, but if you only have Watson, it's not the worst, you know, well, not worst case scenario. You could definitely play him this week. Uh, and again, Elijah Moore, it's a tough call, but my gut says put him on the bench, wait a week. Hopefully he smashes on the bench and then we're starting him every week after that. But we just don't know enough yet. We have such a small sample size from the preseason that, you know, unless you're in a deeper league, it's kind of tough to trust him. And then obviously we're not playing like DPJ, Tillman, the backup running backs. You're not playing those guys. Uh, next up, we've got Cardinals at Commanders. This game has an extremely low 39 point or 38 point total even lower than that 38 points commander is seven point home favorites so you've got a 38 point total and one team is seven point favorites the other team is the cardinals we're not going to score very many points this season um only option you can trust is james connor um and i'm not even sure trust is the right, right word like the only one you could i don't want to say possibly play either but the only one that would feel okay about starting let's go with that um he's basically a volume based running back too uh it's not you know it's not a horrific spot because he has so much volume. Like, what else are they going to do? Basically, like, they kind of have to give him 15 to 17 touches. And even if you average, like, three yards per carry, you're getting something on the ground. You have a chance to score. He'll have some reception. So even if, like, he ends up being horribly inefficient, he'll get you some points, and he's got an okay chance of scoring. The problem is were, you know, touchdown road underdogs in a low total game against a defense that stifles the run. Like, that's that's awful, right? And so, and you're on, like, the worst team in the NFL. So, a lot of ways it could go south. Um, I understand if you kind of have to play him. Uh, but honestly, a lot of you probably drafted him as that third running back. And so, maybe you don't have to play him in the spot. It's a very, very bad spot. Um, 
The only other option really is Marquise Brown, wide receiver 38 right now. So right next to like Elijah Moore, that same thing where it's like, you know, you probably have someone else you could play. I'd prefer not to play him. Um, we really have no idea how good Clayton Tooney is. Uh, but my guess is he's not very good. And so it's an offense you want to largely avoid. I'd probably stick to just James Conner. And if you can, no one. For the commanders, um, good spot for the running backs, right? Touchdown, home favorites. Um, although they're not immune to like the game environment, right? You still want touchdown home favorites in a high total game, not a game with a 38-point total. They're still only projected to score 22.5 points. That's still not that crazy of a number. You could still only score two offensive touchdowns for the commanders there. Uh, like I'm not expecting you know them to win 30 to 10, right? I mean, it's probably going to be closer, like you know 21 to 24 points for the commanders. In which case, it's not a guarantee that both running backs have a good game. Um, could certainly happen, right? They could score over 30 because Arizona could just be complete trash, go three and out multiple times, and it's just easy for the commanders to score points. But the odds are. The game script will be the commanders get up pretty easy. They're able to take their foot off the gas because they have two quality running backs. They, you know, have a decent offense. They don't need to be aggressive. They don't need to push the ball downfield, especially with Terry McLaurin a little bit banged up. And so, you know, decent spot again for Gibson and Brian Robinson, though the exact role is a little bit unknown. Um, could it be a 50-50 split? Is Brian Robinson getting... 60% but more early down and they both getting third downs we actually don't really know yet so we're going to learn a lot in week one as far as that situation I'll just say this given the game environment given that they're both going to have at least a decent role I think they're both viable as low end running back twos uh, maybe in half PPR scoring putting them both in the flex spot I guess preferably second flex spot um, by no means must plays but if you had to play one of them you waited for running back for a while you have to play running back two again touchdown home favorites good spot good offense you know decent upside this week and it's not like the Cardinals have a defense really fearing for the wide receivers all depends on McLaurin right if McLaurin's out Dotson is an auto start I don't care who you drafted find a way to get Jahan Dotson in your starting lineup if McLaurin is out if McLaurin plays I actually have Dotson projected I'm projecting that right now Dotson projected a little bit better than Terry McLaurin um, both would be very strong plays in the flex Ones with low floors, given what we talked about before, maybe Washington just leans really run heavy because they can easily win the ball or win the game and just control the clock. Why not run it a ton? Um, but yeah, both really good plays in the flex. Um, my lean would be Jahan Dotson. If you're streaming quarterback, Sam Howell grades out pretty well. Quarterback 16, um, decent option this week. Uh, but again, he has that issue that like Arizona's unlikely to really push Washington. And so if the game were close... Washington could score into the 30s, and you'd have a really good game from Sam Howell. I don't think they're capable of Arizona, and so I haven't projected to score two touchdowns. Not bad, a few points on the ground as well because he's going to run it, uh, but it's week one. You probably didn't draft him to be the starter, and you probably don't need to go there unless you're in a super flex league. Titans at Saints is up next. 41-point total, Saints three-point home favorites. For the Titans, Derrick Henry, auto start every week. Got to play him. Uh, Hopkins becomes a stronger play if Burks is out. Right now, I'm projecting Burks to play, assuming he does play. Titans have a pretty trash offensive line, and they're going to be playing in New Orleans. That's a very difficult place to play. So I'm not expecting them to be like comfortable in the pocket, throwing the ball deep downfield. Like I'm expecting a number of sacks for the Saints, and I'm just not expecting Tannehill to look comfortable throwing the ball this week. Um, I'm not expecting them to be terrible, right? Because Burks and Hopkins is still a really good duo. And obviously, uh, 
Derrick Henry is very, very talented, and Tannehill has been really good at times as well. So I don't think they're going to just like fall on their face. But I think like volume-wise and efficiency-wise and game environment-wise, Hopkins grades out fine. Burks coming off a knee injury probably just don't need to be playing him this week. Uh, and then Chig is fine if you have to go there, but he's my tight end 21 right now given the matchup. There are definitely better plays in Chigakonkwo this week. On the Saints side, uh, only Olave is a must-start. Jamal, a lot of people will consider a must-start. I think it's close. It's just tough that it's such a brutal spot, right? So Kamara's suspended. Kendra Miller's a hamstring injury. I don't think Kendra's going to play. Uh, obviously, if Kendra plays, it's a downgrade to Jamal Williams. But I projected both Kamara and Kendra to be out. Even doing that, just given how difficult of a spot this is. I know he's a home favorite. I know he's going to get a ton of touches. But Tennessee always has an amazing run defense. Uh, Jamal Williams is not an efficient player. He is not going to catch many passes. And so I know the volume will be there on the ground. But it could certainly turn into a situation like with James Conner. It's like, yeah, you have a billion touches. But Jamal will probably have fewer than Conner through the air. And if you don't score, we could easily see, you know, 16, 17 carries for 50 yards, no touchdown, one catch for seven yards. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I didn't need to play that. So that's kind of the issue uh, with him. Uh, but again, I mean, he grades out pretty well. He's running back 17 right now. Um, I projected him for very bad yards per carry, yards per reception. The volume's going to be pretty decent. So if you got to play him, play him. Uh, beyond those two, Michael Thomas, uh, Shahid, both bench plays. I'd keep him on the bench. Um, both project outside my top 45. Um, the offense is a little bit unknown behind Olave, uh, and especially with Michael Thomas. Like We've gotten reports that Michael Thomas looks great. Reports he looks terrible, right? It kind of just depends on the day. It depends on the route. People have been saying it's like, yeah, he runs a fantastic route, and then he runs some that he can't get open against You know, people who are going to get cut. So we have no idea how Thomas is going to look, watch the game, see what happens. Hopefully you drafted him, he looks good, and then you can play him the next week. But I, I would not play him. And Shahid, good deep threat, good underdog. Right now in week one, you're not playing him. Uh, then Jawan. Jawan grades out as a pretty solid streaming option for tight end. If you need him, uh, just understand that, like, you know, he's not going to go out there and have, like, 10 for 100, right? You need him to score, as with any tight end streamer. But you do need Jawan Johnson to score a touchdown. Uh, if he's not scoring, he's probably only catching, like, three or four balls. Maybe that goes for 50 yards. And maybe four for 50 is totally fine at tight end. Uh, but you know, understand that it's not going to be amazing if he doesn't score. Uh, and then neither quarterback rank inside the top 20, so you can avoid them unless you're in Superflex League. Jaguars at Colts up next. This is a game that I'm excited to watch because, for a number of reasons, but 45-point total is like kind of average. Jaguars only three-and-a-half-point road favorite. So road favorite meaning they're like, you know, close to a touchdown better than the Colts. But think about this Colts offense, right? JT's not playing. You've got a rookie quarterback that, was up and down in the preseason, but was like incredibly inaccurate in the preseason. You would think that like the Jaguars, who are kind of projected to be like a top seven offense this season, that got major upgrade with Calvin Ridley, that looks to be rolling, is a three and a half point favorite against the Colts. Like you would you would think, I think a lot of people would think it'd be at least a touchdown, even on the road. So given that it's that close, given that we obviously like the Jaguars offense, right? Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram are must starts. ETN, Kirk are very strong starts. Tank probably left on the bench. And he's going to be, you know, ETN to start the season. You're going to want to be starting. We like all these players. Very explosive. They're going up against a Colts team. It's on the road. It's a solid Colts defense. So it's not a good matchup. But the game has sneaky upside because the, like, everyone thinks it's going to be a blowout, but it's a three-and-a-half-point total. The Colts led the league in preseason in no huddle rate. 
they could play really fast. If they, you know, hit for a few big plays, let's say like Alec Pierce gets deep. Let's say, you know, a tertiary receiver gets deep. Let's say that Anthony Richardson scores a 40-yard touchdown. Things like that, that can really just like get points on the board quickly, can get the Jaguars back on the field. This can turn into a high-scoring game, absolutely. The problem is, the opposite is true. Like, if Anthony Richardson is inaccurate in this game, if, like, the Jaguars get up quick, uh, we have a number of just, like, three and outs, very fast three and outs, too, for the Colts. Jacksonville could gain a lead. Uh, the Colts could never catch up. Uh, and this game could turn into a dud because Jacksonville could also easily, when they get up big, can just run the ball effectively, drain the clock, be efficient on offense, and just get out of there with an easy dub, right? But because that other side exists is why I'm excited about this game. Like, we just need the Colts to do something. So if you're playing, like, DFS or something like that, when you're stacking a game like this, you obviously want to have Colts players because if Richardson goes off, Pierce hits deep, this game's going to get going, right? Um, but I think regardless, even if that doesn't happen, the flip side is, like, you're still starting all Jaguars players because the flip side is they don't hit deep. They continually go three and out. Jaguars are always on the field in good scoring position. going to score a ton of points, like, Everything points to the Jaguars having a good game. Uh, so I know the total is close uh, or the spread is close. I'm starting pretty much all Jaguars, not Zay Jones. I think you just don't need to start Jay Zay Jones this week. Uh, for the Colts side, I think you're starting Anthony Richardson. I think you're starting Michael Pittman Jr. Um, Alec Pierce, I keep mentioning him. You can consider him in a deeper format, but the majority of you drafted him as your wide receiver five. You don't need to go there this week. I would just say DFS, very intriguing. Uh, for pick him on underdog, very, very intriguing. We're probably going to go there in that video this week. Um, but yeah, in season long, you probably don't need to go to Alec Pierce. But I'm excited. I'm excited about this game. Excited to watch it. Um, one other thing is Colts running backs, avoid. I'm excited about the passing environments here. Um, Moss is expected to play last. I've heard that's a three running back committee on a team with a hypermobile quarterback. So you've got like the running back one is probably Anthony Richardson. Then you go to three other running backs splitting time on a team that's the underdog. No, not a situation you need to go after in week one. Next up, Bucks at Vikings, 45.5 point total. Vikings, six point home favorites for the Bucks. Uh, Rashad White is a must start. Godwin Evans, I would say close to it. You probably don't want to bench either of them. Uh, Bucks offense should be extremely consolidated on those three. You're going to have K. Dot and Mix in. Um, probably not enough to really warrant starting, but most of the volume is going to be those three. I'm a little bit scared of Sean Tucker long-term. I think in week one, Tucker will mix in, but probably not enough and not have like a large enough role to really challenge Rashad White too much. So I would start Rashad White, but in the back of our minds, Sean Tucker is still there. Um, Baker could certainly just hold this offense back and be terrible, but there's also a chance he's not terrible. And given the volume we're expecting from those three, again, I just think you got to be starting them this week. I'm uh, not Baker. You're not starting Baker Mayfield. Um, it's going to feel risky, but right now, and I probably need to bump it back a little bit, but White's my running back 13, uh, Godwin wide receiver 21, Evans wide receiver 24. Again, I think if you got those guys, you're playing them and you're not starting anyone else in that offense. For the Vikings, Jefferson, Madison, Hawkinson, all must starts. Kirk Cousins, very strong start. Quarterback 10, I think you're playing him if you have him. Uh, Jordan Addison can be played in the flex this week. He's my wide receiver 32, uh, Vikings also a pretty consolidated offense with the vast majority of the touches going to their top four players. Um, they're also, you know, at home, they always play better. We got a one o'clock Kirk Cousins game. That's always good. Uh, and while the Bucs have a good defense, certainly they're not just going to walk all over the Bucs. The touch certainty on this offense is so high that you just got to be playing those guys. The only one where it's like a little bit hesitant on this, on that certainty is Alexander Madison. But 
I'm expecting a, at least a large workload to start the season. Uh, they're six-point home favorites. They have the fourth-highest team total. I just think you got Madison. Put him in your starting lineup unless you went very running back heavy. I'd find a way to start him, um, even in the flex. Like Just get, get Madison in your starting lineup. Last 1 o'clock game is 49ers at Steelers. Uh, this one has a 41-point total, 49ers, 2.5-point road favorites. For the 49ers, McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, if he plays, if Kittle is out this week, you're starting everyone else. Whenever one of them is out, you're starting all the others. If Ayuk is out, you're starting the big three. If McCaffrey's out, you're starting the receivers. If Kittle's out, you're starting McCaffrey, Debo, and Ayuk. If all of them are there, it's McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, then Ayuk kind of becomes like a, a flex play, someone you don't need to play, but who's going to have a, a stable enough workload? The one thing with Ayuk is basically if you need him to produce, let's say you're like a 15-point underdog this week, you probably don't want to play Brandon Ayuk because he's probably at best going to get like six for 80 in the touchdown, and which is good, but he doesn't have that like nuke upside. If you really need pure upside in the flex spot, that's not Brandon Ayuk. But if you're a 15-point favorite, you probably want to play Brandon Ayuk because he's probably not going to die. He's going to have a good game regardless. Maybe he won't score, but it's pretty unlikely he goes out there and has two for 30 unless McCaffrey and Debo are just going absolutely off. But again, if Kittle's out, definitely play all their big three. Um, one thing here is think about these offenses, right? The 49ers are a good offense. The Steelers are a good offense. But this game has a 41-point total. That should tell us something, right? We need to respect the 49ers and Steelers defense. And so this isn't just, ooh, here's two good teams, play everyone. Both of these teams have good defenses. We probably shouldn't go overboard in this game. It's probably not a game that's going to be back and forth, super high scoring. Um, so again, it depends on Kittle, uh, but it probably would start most of the 49ers, not Brock Purdy. Um, I would say that more plays into effect with the Steelers side because also San Fran does have the stronger defense for the Steelers. I think you're starting Najee Harris. Um, his week one volume should be incredibly strong. I think that um, Jalen Warren will eventually really challenge him for those touches. In week one, I think they're still going to stick with Najee. I would play him even in a brutal spot. Um, but everyone else is tough. I mean, you're not starting Jalen Warren. You're not starting Pickett in this environment. Maybe you could play Deontay and Pickens, but they're my wide receivers 37 and 42. Flex viable, but... Preferably your second flex, preferably not playing them at all. It's just 49ers have such a good defense. Uh, there's a number of players the Steelers are going to spread the ball around to that I just don't feel confident in Deontay or Pickens this week. Pat, my tight end 10 right now, tied for tight end 10. Fine, if he's your only tight end, don't figure out something on free agency, just play him. Uh, if you drafted another one, unless it was Jawan Johnson, honestly, like I probably would just stick with Pat Fryermuth this week. It's a brutal spot. Don't expect much from him, but like I wouldn't drop someone just to figure out, you know, a tight end that might project for like 0.3 points more. Just play Pat. Uh, and both quarterbacks project outside the top 20, only play them in Superflex. Four o'clock games kick off with Packers at Bears, 43-point total. Bears, one-point home favorites. For the Packers, uh, Fields, always a must-start. I don't care what the matchup is. He just has 40-point upset every week. Got to play him. And I would say DJ Moore is close to a must-start, just given you know how strong of a target share he's projected to have. Um, it's tough in this spot because I worry about plays in this game. Chicago has no problem running the ball, bleeding the clock, especially if they're winning. They're going to run it, get that play clock down to zero, play slow, and that's not going to be great. And Green Bay has the same mentality. And so if this game stays close... Both sides are not afraid to continue running it, 
continue having that clock drip and drip and drip, get into the fourth quarter and see who can win in the fourth. And that could lead to a game where we have like 55 plays from each team. And a lot of those plays are run plays. So not great for the passing numbers. Um, Overall, again, I think you're starting DJ Moore and you're definitely starting Christian Watson. They just have too much upside or too good of players to leave on your bench. I think you have to play them. Uh, But I would bench all other pass catchers in this game. One caveat is if Romeo Dobbs is out, I have a little interest in Jane Reed and especially Luke Musgrave if you kind of waited for tight end and you wanted to start him. Uh, But I would say both of them are better on DraftKings, both better uh, for underdog pick'em. Not as much in in season long unless you're in like a 14 or 16 team league. As for the running backs, I'd play Aaron Jones. Um, I think both Khalil Herbert and A.J. Dillon are fine as low-end running back twos. I wouldn't be like totally against playing them. Um, Maybe better than like the second flex spot. Uh, But Herbert's my running back 28. Uh, A.J. Dillon running back 34. So, you know, again, very low-end twos. Better in that second flex spot. Um, And I would say just given where you had to draft them, you probably don't have to play them, and so I probably just wouldn't. Let's just see how these offenses look. Let's see how this running back split is for Chicago. Let's see how the Packers look under Jordan Love. I just don't think you need to be like taking fringe players in this game and starting them. DJ Moore, Christian Watson, that's kind of it. Uh, Dolphins at Chargers up next. Second highest total game of the week at 51 points. Chargers three-point home favorites. For the Dolphins, Hill, Waddle, Always must starts. Uh, you just play him every week. You don't care what the matchup is. I, I just don't care. Play him always. Uh, Tua is my quarterback 12, so good streaming option. Decent play quarterback one. Depends on what you have. Uh, if you, you know, drafted two, like which other one did you draft? Uh, behind that trio, I'm not really touching the wide receivers or tight ends. Um, we have Jeff Wilson out for at least the first four weeks. Um, A-chain should be good to go. I believe someone Ahmed should be good to go as well. Um but again, most of the volume is coming through Tyreek Hill and Waddle. And so you don't really want to go to everyone else. But most of it's the one play where if we get word later in the week that H and Ahmed are like not going to have that many touches, and it's mostly going to be Jeff Wilson, I think you're playing him. If we don't get that report, he's going to hover around that like running back 28 to 32 range, and it's going to depend on what you have. He could be a good play. It's just like if you drafted, you know, two running backs in the first five rounds, you're probably not starting Mostert over them, so then it would depend on your flex. So it'll depend on your lineup. Uh, not an amazing spot as a road underdog, uh, but if the volume is projected to be there for Mostert, if he's going to have, you know, half the carries and like a decent target share, you know, he's proven in the past he can produce in fantasy. Uh, it's just going to depend on those reports. We'll see what kind of comes out. Uh, for the Chargers, they have the second highest team total of the week, so you're going to want to start a lot of them. Eckler, uh, Herbert, Keenan Allen, I would say are must-starts. Mike Williams, close to must-start. I'd probably try and get him in your starting lineup. Um, I think that at some point this year, we're going to be using Quentin Johnston as a great flex play. This is not the week. I think that Palmer is going to have a higher snap share than expected in week one and even for the first month. And so Johnston's going to you know slowly chip away at that, but you're not starting him this week. Stick to the big four for the Chargers. Um, I think you're playing all of them. It's a good game environment. Oh, and um, Everett. Fine, um, but only if you really have to. Uh, volume's not going to project well with all the other players healthy. And then Joshua Kelly's a pure handcuff. I know some of you drafted him. It's just a handcuff. He's going to have touches, but they're not going to be high-value touches. He's not going to have a ton of them, enough to be worth starting. Uh, keep him on the bench. Rams at Seahawks. Up next, this game is a 46-point total. Seahawks, 5.5-point home favorites. Um, 
that feels like a mistake, right? Seattle at home. So in Seattle against the Rams with probably no Cooper Cup, only five and a half point home favorites. I don't get that one. Uh, the Rams are trash without Cup. I would not be surprised if Seattle won this game 34 to 10 if Cup misses. misses. But uh, for the Rams, assuming Cup is out, Akers is the strongest play, uh, but he's just my running back 26, and I do not feel very good about him uh, in a game that I think the Rams are going to get destroyed in. Uh, you're going to want to play Akers in games where LA has a chance of winning, because if they get up, he could have legitimately 25 touches in a game. But Kyron's going to steal snaps regardless, but especially when they get down. And it's not like we're expecting Akers to be a highly efficient running back. We're not expecting LA to score a ton of points. And so I don't really think you really want to be playing Akers this week, but something you kind of have to. Uh, only other viable play is Van Jefferson. I like Puka for cheap on DK, uh, but for season-long leagues, you don't need to be starting him. Uh, Van Jefferson still is only my wide receiver 36, though. So if you're like me and you drafted Cooper Cup uh, and then you risked it with some other players as well, and you have to play Van. I think it's fine because he's a wide receiver one. They're going to be down. They're going to have to throw it. He could have a good week. Uh, but most of you, and especially those who didn't draft Cooper Cup, like you probably don't need to play the wide receiver 36. So unless you were in a situation like me where you looked at Cooper Cup's ADP, you grabbed him in like the third round just to take a chance. Uh, you also drafted like me, JSN, who might not play this week. We're going to get to in a second. Like if that's your scenario, like I'm probably going to have to play Van in my second flex spot. That's what I'd want to be in. If you didn't do those things, everyone on your team is healthy and playing. You probably just don't need to play Van Jefferson this week and don't go to the you know secondary receivers. Um, I think Higby would also be fine if you want to bet on um, more targets flowing his way. He's a tight end. If a tight end scores a touchdown, that's fine. Uh, I would say he's a low-end option, but totally fine starting Higby if you wanted to. For the Seahawks, I'm assuming JSN's going to miss. So I'll do this breakdown assuming that. If JSN plays, it's just a slight downgrade to everyone, but you're still starting Metcalf and you're probably still starting Lockett but then Lockett and JSN would be closer to flex plays if that happened. But if JSN's out, you're starting Metcalf, you're starting Ken Walker, you're starting Tyler Lockett, uh, and I would say you're starting Geno Smith as well. I think you're starting Geno Smith regardless. Rams have a trash defense. Again, JSN expected to miss. Um, like, we would just go back to the old days of Metcalf and Lockett, and they're both really good plays. you got to be playing them every week. Uh, and then I think Ken Walker's a must-start. Um I don't love him long-term because I think Charbonnet is good. I think McIntosh is good, but I think they're going to destroy the Rams at home. This is a phenomenal spot for Ken Walker, and I think long-term it's more Charbonnet-McIntosh. As we get into the middle and later portion of the season, I think in week one, I would expect Ken Walker to still have a strong workload that like, even if he didn't catch a pass, I think he'd have 100 to score, and so I think you're playing him if you got him. Eagles at Patriots, up next. 45-point total, Eagles 4-point road favorites. For the Eagles, Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, all must-starts this week. No one else really needs to be played on that side of the ball. Uh, these four are going to soak up the vast majority of the bankable volume on this offense, and each one of them comes with an elite ceiling and floor. It's a great combo there. Um, both are a little bit less this week because at New England, say what you want about the Patriots being trash this year, and New England is just historically a horrific place to play, especially in week one with extra time to prepare. So I couldn't see myself benching any of the four I just mentioned, but understand that like if they don't have an amazing game, it wasn't a good spot for them to uh, run game. I would leave alone. Like I have no idea what the split's going to be. 
They might throw all of them out there, see who plays best, and just kind of roll with that player. It could be different every week. We have no idea right now, and so I don't think you drafted any of them to start, and so I just can't recommend starting any of them. For the Patriots, Stevenson's a must-start. Zeke is like a desperation play in a deeper format. If you're like, Nick, I just need someone. I drafted Jonathan Taylor early. I need someone who could score a touchdown. Sure, that's it. 10-12-team league. Do not start Ezekiel Elliott this week uh, and leave the Patriots pass catchers alone. Eagles have a good defense. No one's going to project for good volume on the Patriots. Don't play them. Final 4 o'clock game is going to be Raiders at Broncos. This game is an average 44-point total. Broncos, 4-point home favorites. For the Raiders, uh, Adams, Jacobs, got to start him every week. Don't care what the matchup is. Myers is intriguing in deeper formats because he could have a solid role, and I think the Raiders are going to be down and throwing. Uh, but to be honest... Uh, Jimmy G, desperation play in Superflex. Renfro, I don't want. The tight ends aren't going to project for that much volume. And even Myers, I don't know what the volume is going to be. And so you probably don't even need to play him. I really would just stick to the top two. Because also at Denver is a brutal opening matchup. Like, even not considering Denver being a good defense, like, it's going to be 80 degrees at extreme elevation in week one. Like, it's not a good spot for teams to go into because we all know that, like, Teams get conditioned throughout the season as well. So you're just stepping into that environment. These dudes are going to be gassed. They are not going to be playing peak football. And if they're already fringe plays anyways, Adams, Jacobs, don't do anyone else. Um, For the Broncos, there are honestly no must-starts. I would say the closest is Sutton if Judy is out. I'm projecting Judy out right now, and Sutton's my wide receiver, 19. He'd be a very strong play if Judy were out. I also have Javonta Williams, my running back, 24. So that's pretty decent as well. You're probably playing him at running back two or in the flex. Beyond those two, it's tough. Um, I love Marvin Mims, but this is still week one. He's still a rookie. The volume probably is not high enough for him to ever project as like a top 30 player this week. Uh, he could certainly hit because he's a deep threat. He only needs one or two plays to really make his week. So if you needed to play him in the flex, sure, um, that's probably all I would do. Russ grades out fine, quarterback 17, but I think Denver might use the running backs a lot in the red zone, especially this week. So I'm not expecting a really big game from Russell Wilson. Um, I've heard kind of reports of like, you know, Sean Payton's just the kind of person who could just want to stick it to a team, right? he want to come out there and make a statement. And so that's the out for Russ, but I don't fully buy it. I think the running backs will be heavily involved. I think they'll score some rushing touchdowns. I don't think Denver's going to drop like 30 this week. So I would kind of avoid these secondary players. I think you're playing uh, Javante Williams. You're playing Sutton. Probably not playing anyone else, but maybe P. Ryan. If you had to in the flex. Um, and then Dulcich, because Judy's out, they're probably going to have to run more two tight end sets. They're probably going to have to have Dulcich on the field more. But that preseason usage was concerning, right? Uh, and so... I would be hesitant playing Dulcich. I don't think you drafted him to start. I Again, I would say to Javonta Williams and Cortland Sutton this week. Sunday night game is going to be Cowboys at Giants. 46.5 point total. Cowboys, 3.5 point road favorites. For the Cowboys, Pollard and Lamb are must starts. Uh, Dak, pretty decent options. Quarterback 15. If he's your only quarterback, just roll with it. Brandon Cooks, decent as like a high upside flex play. I don't think Cooks is ever going to grade out as a super strong play, but... I would be comfortable if I had Brandon Cooks in the flex saying I'm okay taking like a one point hit on projection 
to get that upside. Because I think Brandon Cooks could have five or 102 touchdowns, whereas other players that might project for like one more point on average don't have that in the range of outcomes. So I think Brandon Cooks is just like a very classic flex play. Great as your second flex this week. For the Giants, uh, Saquon, Waller, must starts. Um, I think Daniel Jones, honestly, if you have him, also a must start. Daniel Jones looked great in the preseason. Second year in that offense, I think he's going to be good this season. Um, and we just know all the volumes flowing through Saquon and Darren Waller in offense. So you got to be playing them. After that, I'd stay away. I love Hyatt on best ball rosters. Um, playing him in a redraft league in week one, you're just praying he hits for that long touchdown. They're going to have a huge rotation of wide receiver. We just don't know what that split's going to be, but it could legitimately be like 10% for all their wide receivers. Uh, you're benching all the wide receivers for the Giants this week. Final game of the week is Monday Night Football. Bills at Jets, 46.5 point total. Bills, 2.5 point road favorites. For the Bills, Allen, Diggs, must starts. James Cook, fine as a low-end running back two. Gabe Davis, fine as an upside flex play in a similar mold as Brandon Cooks, but just kind of expand everything. The floor is lower for Gabe, but the ceiling is probably a little bit higher. Uh, unfortunately, this week it's not because at Jets is a brutal game environment. Like, you don't want to play at Jets. They have a very, very strong defense. I mean, even looking at team totals, like Buffalo scored 27.7 points per game last season. They're projected 24.5 this week, which isn't bad. But again, I think we can all agree that the Jets have a really good defense and you don't want to be playing at Jets. It's a tough spot. So start Diggs, start Allen, probably start James Cook if you have him. We don't 100% know if the role is going to stick, but it seems like he's going to have a very strong role, even in a brutal matchup. I probably would play him. Uh, and then again, Gabe, you got to be willing to accept four points or three points from Gabe Davis if you play him. If you're searching for that upside in the flex spot, um, the hope would be, honestly, that you had a better better spot there, a better player. For the Jets, uh, Garrett Wilson, obviously, uh, is a must-start, but he's probably the only must-start. Um, I think that Brees Hall is a start. I think you're playing Brees Hall. That's going to depend on reports, right? My assumption right now and my guess, he'll be the 1A to the 1B for Dalvin Cook because right now it's it's not a certainty that Dalvin Cook is like in full game shape, able to carry like 17, 18 touches. Um, if that's the case, you know, Dalvin's going to be probably in the running back 30s kind of range, and you're going to have Brees Hall, you know, a little bit closer to running back 20 and be good play at running back two. But the reverse could happen. We could get a report on Friday that says, you know, Dalvin's going to be the 1A. They're going to slowly bring on Brees Hall. Like, we just don't know right now. And so, as with every week, um, I'm going to adjust the rankings based on the news that comes out, and this is a spot where we just can't know. Um, I don't want to play uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to play the secondary wide receivers. I don't want to play the tight ends. It's Garrett Wilson. It's probably Brees Hall. And it's probably no one else. But again, up till kickoff. Like literally, even Sunday morning, I'll be looking at the news. I'll be researching. I'll be adjusting the projections. So this is a very good idea of where I'm at right now for all these games, all these players. Things can obviously change as we get more news, as we get these injury situations with Travis Kelsey that happened right before I hit record. Things like that will happen, and so I'll adjust the rankings whenever they do. So if you want to see always my most up-to-date take uh, on the projections, on rankings for every scoring format, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, hop on the like button, and hop up subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.